Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I'll start off. Um, so Abdul Habib. Um, people know me as Abs. So I'd say I'll start where I'm at the moment is I am... Coach at Millwolf FC, um, assistant leading for the under 12s. Uh, before that, I was involved. Um, I first got involved in football with the uh, Watford Community Trust while I was uni. Um, then eventually got to do a couple of uh, development centres. And when I moved back to my permanent residential area, which is in uh, Bromley, South East London, got involved with Bromley FC and then got my first step in football proper taste I'd say in step five working with uh, step six sorry working with Lewisham and Punjab United Gravesend which I was uh, fortunate enough to be in the management team and win uh, the league with them shortly after um, I helped them set up the under 18s left went to Welling Welling Town um, and then eventually got myself a little bit into uh, scouting which I'm looking more into and more interested in uh, with Aldershot Town with Anwar and that's about me. I'll go next I guess. Um, I'm uh, Imral Ghazi, I'm manager at Sporting Bengal over in East London. Uh, got the job nearly what's going on into my fifth season next year I think. Next well next season will be my fifth season. Um, been involved from I guess I got involved uh, with sporting when I first moved down here to London about nine, ten years back. Um, started at the, the, the community project, which was then Sporting Bengal Academy, uh, under 10s team, and really just been involved ever since. And then um, Anwar, we've had Mamun Chowdhury was in, involved for many years, a uh, good five to six years, just credit to him. And then Anwar Uddin, ex, uh, you just mentioned him from all the shot, uh, ex Dagenham Redwood, who took over for a season. And that's when I kind of got seriously involved with the, with the senior team. Got to know the ins and outs that came on board as the secretary, still doing the kids' side of things. And then Anwar left, and then I was given the opportunity to take over the senior team. And uh, and here I am, still five years, five seasons on, still, still um, trying to do my bit. And there you have it. Yeah. Um... As you guys know, obviously, who I am. Um, Litton's a man currently working at uh, West Ham United Academy. Been at the clubs for about 15 years now. Actually started, um, uh, they had the Asians in football at the foundation. So started off with doing that and then gradually um, climbing the level, really. Um, do a lot of stuff internationally for the academy in terms of player ID and so on. Um, worked with various uh, grassroots clubs in the local area, um, worked for the FA as a coach mentor for about three years and also got my own soccer uh, school. Also first team coach for Punjab FA. Um, yeah, coaching for about 15 years or more, I think I'll say. Also played for Sporting, so I know Emerald quite well, know Abs quite well. It's a family affair. I'd say the yeah. first question we should get at is, what are the barriers? Do you feel or have you felt you guys have got a lot more years on me? I'd still say I'm very young in my journey. So have you felt 
or every time, a time in your coaching period where you felt you've been discriminated purely because of your name or your race? Um, I'll go first, Emerald. Um, yeah, in terms of discrimination, I don't, I don't think I've faced any discrimination, if I'm honest. Um, I think the challenges that we face day to day is um, trying to create that training culture. Um, also, they know they're a good player. Can, can they turn up to training and love training? I think that's the most difficult thing I've experienced. Um, trying to create a learning environment. Um, also trying to get the players to buy into like an individual development plan or um, looking over clips of their previous games or training and so on. So in terms of player development, I think that's probably challenges I've faced. Also going from, so during the daytime, I'll, I'll take the uh, the for West Ham's foundation's college team. So the Obviously, the talent and so on, it varies. So there's a mix of abilities and so on. And trying to get them to understand your philosophy and so on, it might not mean we're winning at all times. But my job, I feel like, with them is to try and develop them um, in terms of being a player. And secondly, um, trying to get them to learn some new life skills, trying to make them a better person in society. So uh, challenges is for them buying into what you're trying to do or what you're trying to show and, and teach them. So the learning aspect of it is, is, is the most challenging bit, I think, from my experience. Yeah, great point. I think I, I'd, I'd probably echo most of that. From my perspective, it's slightly different to what you guys do mm. on a day-to-day basis. You're, you're very much coaches. You're about, you know, Abs yeah. and uh, Abs now going into down the scouting route, looking at the technical side of things and, the player development and identification, whereas mine is pretty much day-to-day. Uh, management is, at any level, it's, it's possibly more about man management than it is about, um, than it is about having kind of being, being a great coach, um, especially at grassroots level. Um, and non-league in particular, I find this is where, I've, I've, one thing I did, learn, I've learned over the last maybe five to eight years, um, and I've really, this is what I kind of really picked up from Anwar and um, in, in when, he, when he first took over at Sporting Bengal, was just having the right people in, in and around the, the setup, the management team, that can add different aspects. And most of you will probably know, I know Lichon knows him, I'm not sure whether you know my first team coach, um, Arush, uh, Arush Mir, who's, who was involved. At yeah, Milton. I've seen him, I've seen him about, yeah. Yeah, so he was in, and he, he loves coaching, absolutely loves it. He's involved at Punjab FA as well. Um, was many years involved at MK Dons and, and um, alongside his day nine to five job. So when I when I first got the job at Sporting Bengal, one of the first things I did was bring him on board because from from a technical perspective, people like yourselves as coaches, like Licks, Licks is getting on. You need that technical aspect. My like I said, I know what my strengths are. I know what my limitations are. Um, and I, I've, I've, in terms of qualifications, I'm a level two. But in, I don't have aspirations to go on to do a UA4B or a pro license or anything like that. From my perspective, uh, I think Sporting Bengal um, and non-league in terms of where I am right now at this level, possibly maybe if the opportunity was to come, maybe one or two more. Um, but I, I love what I'm doing. Um, for me, it's all about giving opportunities. Key thing for me is about opportunities. Where can we give opportunities? And we talk about, the question you asked at the beginning was about discrimination. If anything, from my perspective, this is an example of, of positive discrimination. Because if it wasn't for a club like Sporting Bengal, um, I don't think me or any other Asian club, Asian manager that 
within the East London setup or within the community would would be given an opportunity to manage at a club at step five, uh, that a club that plays in the FA Cup that has so much history, and is possibly one of the biggest Asian football clubs here amongst a handful in the UK, um, to have that privilege and 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 it is a privilege because the opportunities I've had and the people I've met through this uh, has been uh, phenomenal and you know, the likes of you guys I'm sat here speaking to you now. Um, you know, these conversations go on week in, week out. I'm going, you guys probably do it four or five times a day. Um, but it, it's massive. And all the way I look at it, my job is all about giving local kids, talented local kids, the opportunity and the platform to showcase their talents. But what Lit said for me, what I've learned over the last five years, is talent isn't enough. Um, even at this level, at non-league, on Saturday, you know, step five level, the lack of commitment from our kids i'll say it from asian kids about not wanting to train it's 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 a joke and people ask why i think really you just need to come and watch come and come to non-league level uh you know i'm sure you probably know you probably see one or two when you were at punjab you probably had it uh, I, speak, I speak to chippy all the time and he tells me some of the stories so they're no different to what i face at sporting bengal you get all the you get all you get all the the doubters and you all these idiots in the community who claim oh, you're not giving them the opportunity we give. I want to give every Asian kid the opportunity, but you've got to come training. Why are you any different? You can't expect to come to one training session, and then all over, and then expect to be playing the next four or five games. And it's just not for me. That's the biggest obstacle. Sorry, Emerald. Just to um, go back onto that is: Do you find it um, quite challenging to create a training culture when these players think they're good, uh, but you want them to obviously feel good, but to love to train as well? Yeah, no, that's the thing. And I think yeah. this season, I really, really kind of put my foot down on it. And we had a lot of changes at the club where I, you know, for what, for, I've had a few kind of discussions with one or two players and good players have left the club because we've now set in the last six months. It's a shame we finished when we did because we got to a stage where we were training every week regardless and we had really good numbers. And even to the stage where it, I'm, 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 I feel ashamed to say it, but I'll say it. You know, where we were getting maybe 20% of the first team players turning up, we got to a stage where 60, 70% of first team players were coming to training and they were beginning to enjoy it and they could start seeing the rewards of it. And I want to be in a position where where I'm getting, you know, we, we were getting 30, 30, 40 kids coming to training on a Tuesday night, um, of which, like I say, 60%, the back end, the last few weeks of training were were first team players. And that's that's what we want to do. We want to be in a position where, they, they come to training there. Firstly, they enjoy it. Secondly, they want to be there. And thirdly, that they're taking something away from every session. Um, and for me, it's really important. If the likes of um, Arosh is coming all the way from Milton Keynes to run a session, mm. they've got to respect him for the time and the time that we're all given. Um, and from, that is the biggest problem I find within our community is that, that attitude. I think, also, so I, I think what the biggest challenge for you Sorry, is um, you're more into like results as well, like where yeah. you guys are playing. It's results, so you don't really have um, a lot of emphasis into um, a lot of development because you can't really experience uh, in terms of like formation or tactical or technical details. Where because you need the three points at the end of the day for you to be in a job yeah. at where the club needs to be. It's it's difficult for you because we're obviously in the game of developing and working with players where we can look at different formations, look at different technical and tactical ability. And, and even if it's not going um, right, we've we'll, we'll still got time to fix it. And so on, where you're in a different um, ball game where you need the three points at the end of the day. Or if it's a cup competition. I genuinely, have, I genuinely have one training session
position and maybe the, the player might come on. If I get a new player who looks half decent in training, he might come onto the pitch and he's got half an hour. And he, I'm not joking, I've seen so many good players out there, apparently, that look amazing on a training session or on a Sunday. They come on on a Saturday onto the pitch, half an hour, and it's like they've never kicked a football. Like, <laughs> from, my, from my perspective, I've, I've got a, it's a results-based, I, I, I can't, I can only be so kind of, um, give them the opportunity to, to a level. Because ultimately, I've got to think about myself. I've got to think about the club. We can't be getting relegated from this division. So that's why it's a big, big, uh, big uh, thing for them to turn up to training, isn't it? That's the big, okay. biggest um, um, thing for them to come training. At the end of the day, that's where you can and see. That's it. the thing, and I'm not sure how how and, and it's not just here. It's up and down the UK, up and down the UK. I'm having the same issue. I'm hearing of the same issues of clubs like ours, where you you hear of. You know, so, there's so much Asian talent out there. But yes, I, don't, I have no doubt there's Asian talent, but the attitude of some of these kids is it's just wrong. And I'm not sure how, I'm not sure what the answer is to combating it. And I'm, I'm hoping I get answers from you guys tonight. Do you feel, right? So, I'm pro, so as I said, I'm predominantly from South London, right? And I've only been around uh, coaches and players of um, Asia, uh, not Asian, white and black. So only until when I went to Punjab in Gravesend, with Gravesend having big, one of the biggest Indian communities, I did see a few players. Like, um, Litz, I will probably know, like uh, Kamen, who plays for Punjab, and Aaron Suman, Diljit, there's a few other boys as well. So, obviously, you guys have been involved in the area which is more predominantly Asian. Do you feel that some of the players look at you thinking, okay, do they? do you think... They respect you as a coach because your age. They feel like you've got almost a less, more knowledge than the white coach. Or I feel like sometimes parents as well. They feel, nah. They'll they'll rather have the white coach coach their kids. I've seen it with. I'm doing an example more from a black community where they'll give more ratings to the white coach opposed to the black coach who's got the equal amount of experience and um, and knowledge. And even the and level. So, have you have you come across where you've got players thinking, you know what, yeah. I don't want to go to an I, Asian. I, exactly what you just said, right? Talented footballers of Asian descent, whether they're Bangladeshi, Pakistani, Indian. I've heard them physically, verbally. I've literally I've heard them say in a training session, "What the effing hell is he doing?" I can see it's a perfectly good, perfectly good session. Now that session, if it was done. For example, in Anwar's time with, by Steve Clark or by Anwar, that session would have been, it's, the same, it's not much different to what I saw them doing. And that session, they're, they're engaged, they're listening. But the minute someone with a brown face is running that session and, is, and, and isn't white, all of a sudden there seems to be a problem with that session. And all of a sudden that player seems to know, he seems to become a, a pro-licensed coach and he thinks he can, he's, he's so much better than, let's say, for example, Arash. And that's the reality. I've seen it. I've heard it. And I, I've, got, I, I've kind of become, initially I used to get quite upset about it. I'm thinking, but now I'm at the stage where if I hear stuff like that, I, I make a note of it. And I literally, I'm not, I've lost players as a result of it. I won't have any of that stuff. Do you, do you uh, think, do, going back to that question, do you think um, it's the lack of um, knowledge, obviously, from like the parents and the players of the background of the coaches where they don't really know what day-to-day they're doing and, and so on. Obviously, they think it's a brown face and, and, and thinking, oh, what do you know? You've probably not played it and so on. But they actually don't know the background of where you're coming from and what you're doing and what kind of knowledge you're, you've got and so on and how you can help them um, develop. I think they take that for 
granted where they think okay he's Asian or whatever and um, and he don't really know about football he don't understand about football and, and so on and he's just doing a session for the sake of it um because what I experienced or what I've seen is a lot of parents will look at a session and think oh why are they doing this and why is this and why is that because uh, they don't understand what the coaches is doing the session for and what's his thought process behind it it could look as a mess but there's so much things that the players are getting out of it but it's I feel like some coaches or some players want session that looks good so the parents that are looking over think like yeah that's a uh, a great session they're doing this they're doing that but actually they're not learning anything where a session could be absolutely chaos but they're getting so much information or so much decision making to be made uh, and they're learning so much off them so I think parents look over and think um, are we doing a session for them or the players they want everything to look pristine they think like this is what they probably do at the first team and so on so that then they'll probably respect you thinking you're doing a good job and whatnot so I think Academy, sorry to joke, Academy but, football is the worst for that. So this is the thing, brother. So when I first stepped in, right, a lot of people don't realise that when it comes to Academy football, a lot of the age groups are training at the same time. So our foundation phase, we've got 9s, 10s, 11s and 12s training and it's quarter of an astro, right? Yeah. You're sharing footballs, you're sharing cones, etc. And I think at the start, not when I was in the academy, even when I was doing the PDCs, etc., at Watford, and I was relatively young, except I wasn't really pushing myself thinking, yeah, you know what, I want to try and make a career out of this. And the first thing I'd always think is, oh, what his parents are going to think? And then afterwards, I thought, you know what, you've got to stick to your principles, your philosophy, know that what you're trying to get and ignore them. And if they do come over, just justify your session plans on what you're trying to do and that fact that you're not just trying to build one individual, you're trying to build a whole team, etc. And I think, like many, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person where, for me, I'm all about the holistic, um, holistic coaching where I'd rather develop that person than the footballer because you can have, as it comes down to when you said you've got all the ability. So when I was at Welling, um, I learned a lot from a guy called Danny Wakelin. Right, and he had a thing called the three eight, and I'm adopting it. It's attitude, application, and ability. Now you can have all the ability in the world, but if you don't apply yourself and have the right attitude, right, you're not going to get anywhere. Whether it's football or life. But we've had players where you know what they're they're okay, you know, a bit rough diamond. They work around the edges in terms of ability, but their application and attitude is world class. And I found that when you get rid of those you know, the big time, as I say, in the non-league, and they cause a bit of a, you know, a bit of a rift. You could, you could tell they're a bit of a bad egg. Just the environment and whole, like, almost ambience of the uh, dressing room just changes just like that. But attitude-wise with players, it's, it's an interesting one. Like, how do you, and as you said, like, Ims is in the uh, three points game. And obviously, whereas me and Litz are in the development, but sometimes then, like Litz at the moment can go into the three points when he's with Punjab. How, if you was in that, if so, if you're looking at trying to change players' developments, etc., or what attitude, but you're, 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 I wouldn't say pressure, or you don't know about sporting Mangas, you've got that pressure. That how do you implement on, okay, I want to still win the game, develop the team, but 
develop that player personally? Do you like? Would you work on that guy? Would you give it time or? Yeah, uh, from my perspective, that's one of my. Uh, I see my role as being one of the, as quite an important social role as well because we get kids from all sorts of backgrounds, and and like I say, my focus is where we see a talented young kid, and I'm at the stage now. I'm not bothered whether they're black, Asian, whatever they are, but ultimately, if they've got, they come to us and they have some form of ability and they have a social issue or they have some kind of problem going on at home, it's important that I'm there for them. And, I, and we, we kind of broke it down. So we have the coach role in terms of the technical side of things and how we develop this player moving forward. Prime example being Litz knows and we've got two. At the moment, we're working. We've identified two kids, Adil and Raul. They've been through the Sporting Bengal system in terms of they started playing. They were the first kids to be involved at Sporting Bengal the, when we started the academy at the age of 10. And they've come full circle in terms of they're now, both of them are involved in the first team. And between them, they pro- in the last season and a half, they're not even 18 yet. Both are still 17, going to be 18 soon. They've played close to 50 games between them in a season and a half. Uh, but it's how we develop them. It's they know they're not going to play every game, but this, they, that attitude, we're talking about training. They have to come training. They, regardless, they have to come to every home game. Midweek away game, that's understandable. Unless, we're, unless they're going to play a game, we, we, make, we make adjustments for them. But it's identifying these kids early and, and those that maybe not quite ready but are on the periphery of the first team and then really working them. But then the main thing is that they have to want to apply themselves. They've got to want to give something back. I'm not going to give any my time anymore. I've learned this probably over the last two seasons. I will not give my time to an individual who's not willing to give their time back to us. And that's my rule now. It's as simple as that. I won't judge anyone based on one session. You've got to come to two or three. Get yourself to the games. Come and be part of the team. Come and part, be a part of the setup. Sit in the dressing room. Watch. You, they might not enjoy what we're doing. And I get to know about them as well and see what their commitment levels are about. But like The main thing is it's results, but I have to be real about where we're at. Uh, non-league football like real, but from a club like us, to finish top half of the table is unbelievable. But the main objective as a club is, in the reality of it is, is that we don't get relegated. And that's the reality. For a club like us, with limited resources, um, that's the reality. So I have that kind of, I have, once I know that the club isn't going to get relegated, for example, like we're on, we've got 35 points. After that, it's really, for me, it's about giving those that possibly wouldn't get the opportunity, but then it's their opportunity then to showcase what they got. I think the biggest thing for me is when I, when I come to meet players and, and so on, is their attitude to learn. Um, whether it be men's football or young football, whatever it is, their attitude. Like we go by um, non-negotiables um, in, in terms of, like, say, match day. Emotional control is massive um, because there's so many egos in the team. Emotional control for us is a massive. Um, hard work is massive. Uh, the desire to learn in terms of, um, if, if like uh, Im said about Adil and uh, Raul, um, for them to come back after a session and say. Um, Emerald, uh, what do you think I could work on and how do you think that shows that they care about their development? So in terms of players like that, I would love to help because then you can set up a, like all the players at West Ham, from first team all the way probably to under nine. Everyone's got an individual development plan. So they, it's all player-led. So in t- why it's player-led is because you know they care and they want to do it. So we'll sit down with players and come up with challenges and targets and so on. Um, 
season and and long runs, but it's the players that care will come back to you for after every session. Say, what do you think I've done? What do you think I could do better? Am I meeting my challenges or my targets? Or they might even come over to you and before the session and said, listen, my challenge for today is trying to. Um, overlap and uh, cross six, seven balls with my left foot or right foot and so on. So I might make a few mistakes, but that is what I'm looking um, to do. And, and you'll understand it and you, you'll probably help them because you understand that they want to learn and so on. So they've got an incentive. They've got a challenge, the individual challenge for a session. Obviously, you're going to have your own team challenges, but they've got their own challenge. That shows that they want to learn. So for me, that's massive um, players taking the initiatives to learn. I'm, I get that. I'm, I'm going to ask this question for Abs actually because you've been you've seen this you've probably seen it in your previous yeah. time at Sporting Bengal one of the biggest that's great I love players like that but in, in my experience over the last four or five seasons is that the players that are the ones who are asking these questions are turning up training every week it's it's usually those players that this is the, that this is the dilemma I'm in and I want to know what you guys would do in this instance if you're in my position they're the, usually the players within the non-league setup that possibly are not as talented as maybe most of the ones that are playing in the first team or playing higher. And they're the ones that are in training before messaging you, what can I do to improve my game? Um, this is what I want to work on. This is what they're sending you messages to. I've got four or five of them players who during the week, they're doing their own thing. They're sending me videos. They're asking me messages after every training session. They're hanging around. They want to know what, what I can work on what we're going to do the week after. Um, but they're not quite ready. Yeah. But, you know, and, and in my experience, these players, have, by the time they've come to me, they're usually, we're usually their last club of the season. So there's a trend. So players at non-league level, that what, the ones that Litz have just mentioned, are usually the, journey, the young journeymen. And I feel, what I think is, what's happening to these, they, they lose a love for the game because they get keep on turned away. We'd love to... Uh, I'd love to say the attitude of some of these kids is unbelievable. You'd love to keep them all and say, right, okay, we're going to work with you. But unfortunately, we don't have the time. What would you do in that instance? What, what, what do you do with these kids that they're still so young, you, they're 19, 20, 21? You know what? I think it comes back to, right, the player's ability and understanding the level. Now, some players generally feel like step five, it's still quite difficult. And obviously, it's going to vary in terms of quality um, across the country but I think the players just need to accept and understand how hard it is to be playing at a certain level and it's not it's how you do it I'm not saying sugarcoat it etc but there has to be a sense of realism in there so if you have got that player I'd say it's fantastic you know the fact that he's they're showing that initiative of they want to learn they want to develop etc then if I was in that position I'd be like okay cool He's probably had his confidence knocked various um, various times through previous teams, not settling, etc. Then what I personally would do is I'm like, okay, you're not quite level, you're not quite ready at step five. Let me go contact coaches that I know from step six, see if they can take you on loan. Because one thing is you could say, okay, cool, we'll send you on loan, but you've got to send him on loan to someone that you trust look after him, develop him, almost get a progress. And if they do well, then sort of filter them back in. Because the last thing you want to, I'd say, is you would want to do it is getting a kid who's like, you know what, I love this guy's attitude. He's showing all the commitment, you know, getting um, 
he's meeting all my all my standards in terms of my non-negotiables, etc. Like, okay, you know what, you deserve a chance. And a lot of people would like to be given opportunities through uh, merit, right? So, okay, cool. He's got his opportunity. And as you said, there's certain players, and I've come across it as well, call them training players. They smash it training. They look unbelievable. They look world beaters. But as soon as they step on that grass on a Saturday, it's, com- yeah, it's completely changed. So when you yeah. do give them that opportunity, sometimes, and then that's, I think, where <laughs> non-league football, like non-league coaches and non-league managers are almost working like pros because once they do that and they have a stink of a game, psychologically, boom, they're gone. And you've got to try fix that. So there's so like I said, there's so much variables and strains in how you go about uh, go about and do it. But me personally, with those guys, I think it's good to know. You have to give an honest assessment, right? Honest assessment with them boys. Okay, say for example, one of the boys is a number. Um, so what I'd say is just match him up against, like compare him with your other number ten. See where he is. What trades he got. And then, okay, cool, go, you need to work on this, this, and this, and just send him out to a loan to even step seven, right? Step six, step seven, see how they do, and then hopefully that will give him more so a realisation of where he is with his level of football. So that's my that's my uh, opinion. I'll, I'll second that, to be fair, loan and, and monitoring him and so on. Um, going back to what the questions are, um, how to address lack of Asian players and, and so on. I, what are the factors? I think um, I'll go first. I don't mind. It might sound a bit controversial, but I mean, there's a lot of factors to it. Um, I what I've seen and experienced. I think Asian players like to play amongst themselves. If I'm honest, um, I think there's a lot of gatekeepers in the in the communities uh, in terms of holding players back for their own uh, yeah. benefit and achievement. Um, instead of signposting players to teams where they can um, help develop players and so on. And I think the lack of, um, say, lack of uh, coaches or, or parents that understand the elite level, um, I don't think a lot of Asian players understand the game. Technically, they might be like gifted, but I don't think tactically they understand coaches or managers' uh, way of playing and so on. So they just turn up and just play but they don't have a thought process behind it or understand um, how to play as a unit or a team and so on. So I think the lack of understanding is massive, but that can come again from uh, not enough coaches in the environment or whoever understands the game and and so on. I think that could be a massive factor as well. And just keeping it brief so you guys can have a little uh, what you think. I'll I'll butt in there on top of what Lit says. I agree with Tony. I think gatekeepers are massive, holding for the best. in speaking for East London, the Sunday League and the local Asian football scene is so rife, meaning everything is the be-all and end-all. The rivalry is second that has been for the last 20, 30 years. So we're a victim of our own success, if you like. When, when everybody thinks grassroots football is dying and there's no 11 aside players, if anything, in Asian football in East London, it's, it's massive. Uh, but like you say, you've got postcode, postcode uh, wars going on between different football clubs and affiliations. And because they at the end of the season, it's so easy to go and play for a club and win a, tr- a nice trophy, nice and have a nice award ceremony, a nice meal. That's more important than it is to go and spend time and trying to get into the sporting Bengal team. And unfortunately, that's the reality of it. Uh, and no one wants to work hard. If you're a half decent player, you're going to get into a club that's going to win the league and win probably two, two, three cups in a year. What's more appealing? 
they're going on a cold Saturday, playing midweek and going spending hours maybe sitting on a bench or only getting 30 minutes or uh, getting your butt kicked on a Saturday or playing on a Sunday, looking amazing, uh, getting kits, getting tracksuits. Um, you know, that, that is one of the biggest issues. And then at the end of the season, getting a massive trophy. That's, I think community football, we're our own, we are the pro- victims of our own success and we are our own biggest problems in that. that, that not just parents, but kids and the footballers themselves and uh, organ- gateholders. I love that word, gatekeeper. Let's use it. That is the word, gatekeepers. They're holding people back. They're, they're the ones, they're holding our kids back. Yeah, and this is, that's the thing, right? And we could, put, we could discuss this for hours. And all these initiatives, right, with the FA trying to get Asians more in football, sometimes I'm just holding my ha- hands in my head and thinking, because we're too quick to say, no, this white man's not doing this, that, but we need to get our own house checked yeah, first. 100. We need to get that in all, in all the first time. Like you said, we're, our, we're the enemies of our own good sometimes. And yeah. until we sort that, we're not going to move forward. Because at the how? moment... Abs, abs and lips, right? Abs and lips. You guys have been involved. How do you stop it? Lips, for example, right? You've got the BFA, ILFL. There's loads of teams. Between the two leagues, there's probably 50 teams here in East London in Tower Hamlets. You're telling me, like, let's say an average 50% of them, there's Asians playing, there's, you know, 10 kids from of Asian background playing in every team, times 50. That's 500 kids, Asian kids playing football. You're telling me you couldn't, you know, you can't, Find kids. What's the what's the solution? You tell me what the solution is. I, I think everyone needs to get together and, and and think about what is the what is the end product that you're looking for. So if everyone's if everyone wants to see an Asian player progressing and so on, everyone has to get together and we need to signpost players for their own development. All right, you sign post sign players sign post players. Post. Yeah, but where to who? That's what I'm saying. So the lack of networking from Asian coaches or um, chairmen or managers or whatever they are from their club, that's the biggest option because they don't, they're not, they don't come outside their own network to go and network with other play, people in the game. This is the biggest problem. So they ain't got no one to refer back to and they can't sign post players because of the lack of their knowledge in the game or the lack of networking in the outer uh, communities and the outer leagues and so on. I think that's a biggest issue. Um, Abs, anything? So I had this discussion with Litz a couple about what, a year ago regarding can we get the best Asian players in East London to compete in the Gothia Cup, right? And straight away he was like, bro, that's not going to work because there's too many selfish coaches out there that are only looking out for their own personal game so I think one of the issues is right and I think it's a lot of communities as well so that they've got this really talented young Asian player right and they're they don't want to let him go because they want to keep and hold and use him as almost like the poster boy for the club right and as I said if you're in the game for player development you'll push him on so for example if I was let's say I was in your position and there was a young 2021-year-old, 20, right, Asian player, and a step three and step four team comes in for him. Now, I know for a fact, right, that there are going to be a lot of coaches like, nope, we're not going to sell him because he's our best player. And we need him to push us on rather than thinking, okay, this kid's actually come to me at the start of the season. Look, bro, I want to get to the top. I want to be the best player I can. What are you going to do to help me? Now, for me personally, I think it'll, I'll, for me it will be seen as a, 
compliment as that another team's come on because I'll think, you know what, I've done the best I can to develop you, go on to another level. And as you said, this if they, if these sort of gatekeepers are not coming out, changing their way of thinking, we're not going to move forward, man. We're really not going to move forward. Yeah, and listen, I'm I'm of the same school of thought. I've I've had a couple of kids in my one of them. I, I rave about him, and you can even ask Anwar. You're working down at Old Shot with him. I've been begging Anwar to have a look at him. Uh, Litz, you know who he is, whether you've seen him play or not. I'm not sure, but Ash Ashan Sadiq. Um, he went to Bangladesh. I've been fighting his cause. Bangladesh. I've been speaking to Jamie Day regularly. Uh, we're really trying to get him. Uh, I, I don't want him at Sporting Bengal. If I'm very honest, he's way too good. But the problem is, he's not getting the. He spent all the last two, three seasons. He doesn't come to me. He goes to step four, step three clubs, and they love him. But for some reason, come the beginning of the season, they let him go. He's he's he wants to train. He has a brilliant attitude in terms of learning the game, the love for the game. He'll play every minute of the day that God sends. He's not injured. Never gets injured. This kid in four seasons with me has played close to 200 games for Sporting Bengal. Like I say, I don't want him. He's there regardless, week in, week out. He went to Bangladesh on a trial. They loved him out there, but he didn't suit Bangladesh. He came back. They're still contacting me, that, that club, and the, and the agents are still contacting me. Can we, can we get him back? I'm desperate for him to play higher. He left our club this season. Bottom line was for, you know, for the reasons that Lick touched on. Because our training, we weren't able to train with enough first-team players, and he got frustrated that, you know, I come training every week, and half the first-team isn't here. And I got that, and I taught that. He gave me an extra. He, would, he didn't want to stay with us this season, but I managed to keep him for half the season until he left the back end of the season. And I, I've never stepped, never stopped him. I don't, my argument with, with Ashan and anyone else who's good at my club is, if you're going to leave, leave for a club that's playing higher or leave for a club that's going to be challenging for our league. And the two players, my two best players left for exact, that, that exact reason. They left to a club that was playing in our league, but a club that was challenging for the league. But that's my argument. I'm not going to stop a player from progressing because that's what we want to do. And like Abs has just said, for me, I take it as a, a compliment. If a player has gone to play higher and he's gone through our club, for me, that I see that as a, as a massive plus. Um, and I, I want to be able to signpost players for bigger clubs. But unfortunately, at the moment, and the reality is, even when you've got a kid who's willing to put the work in, put the, gra- the graft in, and isn't being given that opportunity, isn't so what do you do and then you've got an opportunities like yourself at Aldershot and Anwar at Aldershot now there's an opportunity for you guys to look at these clubs these players that are playing at step five maybe step four that's I think uh, personally I think it's a responsibility it's one of it's as coaches as managers at these clubs it's our responsibility not just a token gesture it's our responsibility to at least give these kids try them out not for one week not for one session Try them out for six weeks, see what they're like, and give them give him that opportunity. So, and that's and I'm gonna I throw that question back to you guys, especially you have you have now have an opportunity. Anwar, you you have an opportunity to take the likes of Ashan and see what they're about, because trust me, they will they will flourish. The higher this kid goes, better he will be. I think, I think when it comes when it yeah, comes down yeah. to that, so it's quite so it's. In terms of, so how I'll see that question is, how are we going to get more Asians through the game? And 
the way I see it is we need more Asian coaches. I mean, not just coaches, people from Asian ethnicity in football that want to progress in football in good, high decision-making positions. Like, for example, right, Litz has been that. Um, West Ham for over 15 years he's done he's worked through the YPD PM and foundation phase etc now he's va- his opinion is still going to be heard and valued but it's going to have more weight if he's a PDB phase lead or YDB phase lead or head of coaching once we've got people in those positions that's when we're going to see progress because I the, the thing is so I'm I'm really contemplating whether I still want to do my coaching, but I'm really looking at the Titan idea because I'm thinking, okay, cool. So I'm predominantly South London, right? How many I don't from my perspective, I don't think there's many Millwall coaches that are going to East London because they're looking at the talent from the Lambeth and uh, Southwark area, etc. So how many of those coaches are going out to East London and looking at those players? There's not many like that. Now if I was to go out there, I'm not just gonna pick a player just for the sake because he's Asian they have to meet the academy standard and requirement so I think until we've got we've got um, people that are in those positions right it's not going to it's not going to really move but I know that and I I pray that it doesn't happen that those people that do get up there all of a sudden forget about their roots and why they've gone there and like you said become gatekeepers that's one thing you've just got to make sure if you do become and inshallah if I do get there I'll, I'll remain humble and gracious as ever that I don't become a great a gatekeeper and forget that you know what I was in here to try and help other Asians progress forward etc do you do you think though understand, like, going back to Emeralds and say Ashan and, and so on they're good players and so on but when it comes to like um, taking to different uh, team and, and a typical example be older shot. I know the manager quite well because he was at West Ham actually. Do you think the players that we're forwarding will fit into the system that they play? So Ashan could probably be technically the best player there, but he don't fit in to the uh, the playing philosophy of like Daniel and Anwar. So that okay. could be the biggest My problem I think. That would be, I think, this is where this is where I think you have to trust in terms of if there's a relationship, for example, between me and Abs or me and Ulitz or me and Anwar yeah. or whatever. This is where you have to trust me. But I'm telling you about a kid who hasn't played five games for Sporting Bengal at Step Five. He's played close to 200 games and now has gone to another club of the same league, challenging, and is a first team player and has made an impact in this team, where he's gone there with a running form. He's gone in there and they've won 15 out of 15 games, mm. and he's he started every game. And this is not just an Asian manager. This is now yeah. you've got a white manager, a white team raving yeah. about him. When is he going to get the opportunity? And but he can play in mean, positions. Yeah. What I mean is, I, I know, I've seen a bit of Ashan and I understand and, and I get the drift of what kind of player he is. But when it goes to, like, say, older short and what, like, some managers might have, forget the midfield, we're going to launch it to this front man. Ashan's more a technical player. You want to go for him because he can unlock doors. He's like a Coutinho yeah. who unlock doors for players. Do you understand? But would he fit into them kind of teams where he's not really going to get a lot of the ball? Do you know what I mean? The, They're the not thing is, the other thing is, I also feel he can play in a variety of positions. For, mm. if, for him to be given that opportunity, is there an opportunity for him to maybe rethink his game and maybe go and play? Because he would be able for me to play a fullback yeah. position. He could play wide. Yeah. You could 
you could alter his game and work with him so somehow you get him that opportunity and good enough for him to adapt. He needs that opportunity first and foremost. Um, and as you know, obviously, number one, he definitely needs the, the exposure. He needs the uh, opportunity uh, uh, to go and apply his trade. The other thing is, as you know, because it's a three points game, would managers take the risk and bringing him in and um, invest their time? To understand where their, their job's on the line. They don't really have time to develop players now. This is the biggest issue, I think, when it comes to like senior football and so on. So, in terms of, like you said, Emerald, um, Ashan, he can play right back and he can play any other position, but it's going to take him maybe a handful of training sessions or matches to understand the roles and responsibility of that position. The man- is the manager willing to take that time out and, and say, yes, he's going to be making mistakes, but I'm going to stand by him and I'm going to give him the opportunity to play and so on. I think that's the biggest, biggest factor when it comes but then, to stuff but like then that. Then comes the other argument. What yeah. about at least exposing these guys to these levels yeah. of trade and that level of, of, of competition? Because he's yeah. used to playing step five, step four maybe and going to yeah. train with, and it's easy for him. Why not at yeah. least give him that exposure to say, right, okay, yo, you, this is it. You've got eight weeks. Now, yep. in that time, if it doesn't work for you, you'll know, we'll know. Because that's eight, eight weeks for a senior player is enough time for you to have proven to, for, for the manager to see you and the coaches to see what you're about in terms of every aspect from, from your attitude to your technical ability to you as an individual. Um, there's, that's enough time. And at least he then will have been exposed to that level of competition and that level of training. So, if anything, it's a learning, it's a learning curve for him. But is he... Is he willing to take? Is he willing to sacrifice that time and effort because um, he might get five minutes, or he might not get nothing for six weeks, seven weeks? Do you know what I mean that's the biggest issue as well? I think with a lot of Asian players, I agree. Is... I agree. Not, well, not just Asian players. It's, for me, yeah. I call them. I call them the Twitter generation. You know, I mean, yeah. I, 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 in non-league abs, you probably see it. Let's you see it all the time. If you yeah. go on Twitter during the season, how many times do you see so-called so-called Sunday League superstars and playing for their YouTube channels? free agent football or uh, question mark after every game they might have been subbed or might have been benched one game and next thing there's a tweet coming out you know non-league yeah. tweets are becoming they're ridiculous you know and the number of players jumping because the manager said something or subbed him or not started him it's a joke that's a that's the biggest I think that's the biggest issue and it? it's the ego of players um, they're not they don't want to take any uh, negative criticism or they want to be starting every single game but they don't understand every game is a different game so the manager might have different uh, tactical um, game plan where this player won't fit in so he needs to stay on the bench and so on and I don't think a lot of players understand that um, but like you said they need that opportunity they need that stepping stone they need to get exposed in them kind of environments to see what kind of players they are um typical example be like when he went to bangladesh um the team wants him but he don't want it do you understand so with the environment environment exactly so the environment is difficult for him to adjust and it be anyone going to a, um a different environment especially going from england to um, somewhere where like the training facility is probably not up to scratch in terms of living and social life it's going to be totally different missing your family so it's going to be a, a difficult um, process that, that's the yeah. thing is the sacrifice that they have to make if they really but want to you make know what, you know what, my, you know what I, I kind of get I'm at the stage now for the last maybe five, six, seven, eight years I've been talking about this but 
all right, you two now, you've talked about it, you're still talking about it, you're involved in different forums, you're working at pro clubs, you're working at very good non-league clubs. What are the solutions for this? In terms of genuinely, what are the solutions and what can be done to change it? Because that's what we want. We want change and stop talking. I'm tired of talking. What can we do to make change happen? You guys now are in a position where you can do that. And I think this is where I think you guys have a massive role to play. You've got to take the bull by the horns. You're still relatively young in terms of the football game, right? You've got to take the bull by the horn and you have to market yourself. Social media, you don't need gatekeepers anymore. I'm going to be very frank. This is, what I, this is my opinion. You, we, the community, friends, family, we can market you. We can get that word out. We don't need someone else's permission to do something like the idea what Abs have just said. My advice to you guys is don't sit back, just do it. Because it might, you might fail, it might not be as good as you expected, but over, the, over, the t over a period of time, it will only improve. But I, we need solutions. That's, for me, this is what I find is, is a lot of talk, we need solutions. Some of the ideas I've heard today are brilliant. I love that Gothia Cup idea. I know Lips is doing his own coaching school. I sent my own son to him because I think yeah. if we don't use our these coaches like Litz and Abs and Arosh, then we're fools. We're stupid. You know, just because someone's white, it doesn't make them any better from you guys. So I think that, that's the biggest thing is uh, your own people believing in you um, is the first and foremost the biggest issue. And I think um, developing players and, and giving them, them the good habits from a younger age group, so they then get into that mentality where they think they're the best player on the team and so on. What are we looking for? Are we looking for performance or are we looking at potential? Do you know what I mean? Because you can go over the park and you see a lot of players that will take the whole team on and score 50 goals and they're the best players. But are we really looking for them kind of players or are we looking at potential? I think um, getting players to understand good habits from a younger age That's is it. massive. Yeah, nail on the head. Yeah, it's massive. Um, in terms of development, I don't think we should. Um, obviously, this is coming me putting a West Ham hat on. Is we're not pigeonholing players. Say so you are a striker and you're going to be playing striker. Where actually he might have different attributes. Like you said, Sadiq um, Ashan can play right back, left back, and so on. So it's very important that we expose them to different positions so they understand the roles and responsibilities of them kind of position. And I think the biggest, biggest issue for me uh, and the experience I've seen is. I don't think a lot of the players understand the game in terms of tactical um, stuff, in terms of uh, formation or in terms of uh, playing philosophy. Do you understand? Because everyone thinks they're technically good and they can go and fulfil their roles, but actually there's a lot more to just playing a midfielder or playing a striker and so on. How do you actually support players off, off, uh, off the ball? If you think about it, a typical example could be the top, top player will touch the ball for three minutes of a 90-minute game. So what are you doing 87 minutes? So this is the thing that I think our players need to understand is how they can affect the game off the ball. Because technically, you can be good, you can be poor, but you still can get through it because you're not going to be touching the ball for uh, more than four, three, four minutes. So how do you understand the game and how you can affect the game off the ball is massive, I think. And, that, and that's where they need to understand a bit more. That yeah, and I, I agree with that. And if you're going to start, I think you've got to look at the younger generation. So you're looking at the ones that are like a st stepping into, obviously you don't go into tactile at seven, eight, but those that are getting into football or being playing football at seven to 10, 11. Now you're starting looking at the 
tactical side, 12, 13, that's when you've got to start planting them seeds because as you said, there's so many, there's so much more to football than just a step over and a five yard pass. It's okay, what's the information on that pass, etc. Like like you said, what are you doing in possession, out of possession, right? Like there's so much into the game that people are sort of neglecting and think ability or like just your physical ability alone is going to get you through. Not at all, man. Not you've got to have a footballing brain. And going back to your point, Ims, in regards to when it comes to the, well, I say any football league, so especially conference, right? That because if you've been following it, everyone's beating everyone. So, for example, Ebbsfleet, they didn't get a result for about 15 games and all of a sudden they're picking up and they're beating teams like your Leovals, etc. And with because there's four teams that are getting relegated, it is every point is crucial. So, in regards to a player, as a manager, and this is why recruitment's so, so big, as a as a manager, you can't just rely on your gems. Like, don't get me wrong, you, you brought, you, I still personally believe there are step five, step six players that will 100% be able to play in that conference, but you can't flood them with that. So you need maybe players from league two, your journeyman, your player that's from step two or in that league, etc. And as Litz alluded to, do they fit the playing philosophy? So at the moment, all the shots play in a 4-4-2. So speaking of Anwar, He's he's adopted like the Simeone, you know, sit back and try to play on the counter. But your argument might be, and if if I had a player like that, he's adaptable, right? He wants to learn. Teach him eight weeks, just see what he can do. But is eight like can you t- can you take that risk of eight weeks, etc.? It's a, it's a difficult one, man. It is a real. Di- I understand your point because there are loads of players like that. Even myself, I've got a few players. I've, I want to fight for them. Think that you know what they could do it. But because so many clubs, especially clubs, if they've been stuck at a league for about seven, eight, ten years and chairman's on their case saying, you need to get promoted, you need to get promoted or at least fight for promotion, then I'm like, okay, cool, right? I've got to spend my budget and go out and recruit players wisely. So it's like I said, it's a, it's a, I'd say still unanswered in terms of what you're asking for, but... It, I do definitely believe that more players need that exposure. They need that exposure to step one, step two, step two level of football. Okay, so going back to that point around, um, you know, that Gothia Cup, I think there's a, there's a solution. This is just me being thinking out loud right now. Now, with the likes of you, Litz, Taff, Arosh, and there's some amazing coaches out there who are doing some brilliant work at pro clubs and with the FA. Surely you guys can create something between the four or five of you and, and work amongst yourselves. Like, like I say, I'm going to keep using the word because I love it. I mean, the word that Litz use is brilliant. I'm going to use it. Jake nicked that off him, the gatekeepers. I, I think they are a problem. They are a problem. I agree 100%. And I've been quite vocal about it. I've, been, I've come to East London and I've tried to change it, but it hasn't worked. It's like, I, I, I just about did it and then it all changed. But I, I'll say it. I've got no issues with it. I agree 100%. There's, a, there's, there's too many gatekeepers, but you guys have the opportunity. You don't need these gatekeepers anymore. Because times have evolved. These gatekeepers are still 10 years behind in terms of where social media is. You have an opportunity now to create your own identity, to create, let's, for the word of, for the want of a better word, an elite team of Asian coaches to work with a neat elite level of whether, whatever age group, or even create something for elite Asian footballers. Now, how you identify these Asian footballers 
that's up to you guys because you know about the ID. You know how to do it. Whether it's just, you start in London, you start small, and you might do four age groups or one senior. I don't know how you do it, but that's up for you guys. To, but you genuinely, I, this is me, my hand on my heart, telling you guys you have a responsibility. And I think, take, don't wait. That is the, the opportunity, because otherwise in 10 years time, you're gonna be having the same conversation. You, we, 10 years ago, we didn't, have, we didn't have the abs, we didn't have the lips, we didn't have the TAF. Now we do. You know, you're, you're, at least you've got that, like, quite frankly speaking, talking about, talking about being in elite, the boardrooms, the black community is talking about that now, and they're, they're 30 years ahead of us. You know, they're no longer talking about footballers, they're talking about management, they're talking about board level. So we still haven't broken the barrier of footballers in, in the game. So we need to, we need to, I, I mean, we need to deal with that issue right now. And I think you guys are the solution. I'm looking at two of them. And you, got, you have to take the bull by the horn and say, right, we're going to do it. And then put it out there and see what the response is like. I am 100% sure and confident that the response will be unbelievable. And you will get the support. I think we need more people like you that understand it. Um, I think we need the exposure as well for, of all the people. So like yourself, Abs, Taf. We've got Arros, and there's more people. I think we need the exposure in the communities, Bangladesh, Pakistani, Indian, whatever it is, that there are coaches from these kind of backgrounds in the elite game or who want to make a difference. And we need everyone to buy into that, parents, players and, and, and clubs to buy into it. And I think if they do buy into it, that's the only way forward. And then we can help. Um, players, there's individuals, players everywhere that want the help. Like I personally mentor a few Asian players, but you need more players. Of parents buying into it. You've got the coaches. You you've got you need other personnel that can help out and so on. So I think the exposure is first, and then everyone understanding it and buying into what we're trying to do. So like you said, if we can get the uh, uh, core set of players that we can take over to. Um, Sofia Cup and all over the place that like we have clubs coming over from all over the world want to play so this could be a showcase game like my background when I go abroad like Emery you know I've travelled so many and had so many uh, continents every pre-season and so on and meet so many clubs and so on and they're always looking for players and so on so that could be another exposure where you say listen we've, we're working with a core elite um, set of players and these are a few players that we can recommend you and so on so again giving them that pathway or exposure into different environments and different kind of um, levels of football so I think the biggest thing for me is people buying into it and, and exposure getting, getting it out there What are your thoughts Abs? No, um, totally agree. It's about exposure and getting people to buy into it. And if I was to go do it and follow up on it, I wouldn't be targeting these gatekeepers. It's initially who you trying to attract is the players, right? And they can make the decision for themselves. If they're not old enough, it will be their parents. And once you've got their parents' trust, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty confident they will support people like myself and Litz and Taft than the gatekeeper thinking who's been there for 10 years and almost brainwashed them that, you know what, this is a better opportunity for my son to go on and, you know, go really push on with his uh, footballing uh, aspirations, etc. So, And I feel we're all unique in very in different ways. Like, everyone's got their own sort of 
style, personality, and it's all about being viable. And the key, the best word I could say is tr- like trust. Like as a coach, as a as a parent, would they be able to trust their son with us? Not just developing them, but just to look after them, etc. Like some of these players has probably never ever stepped out of this country. So will they be? And that's more of a cultural thing as well, I think. So would they be able to trust um, a group of coaches that don't really understand the coach, um, the culture and whatnot, and take them out for a week or so to go play football? So I think that is that's I think a very uh, one of the biggest advantage we can have as coaches that we come from a religion and background where we we've been involved in these in these situations where we can go out and you know what your your like you said your son's going to be in good hands on to go out and go play their football so i think that that will come when they obviously first of all um, we're going to bypass these gatekeepers but for the players to know that there is something like that out there is first of all we need the exposure and in terms of like families understanding are their children safe with us i think once they understand and they see what we're doing and so on that trust will build automatically so they will have that faith uh, in us and so on but I think the biggest thing is is the exposure and, and getting these players to think that there is a an option for them not just going back to their clubs and just thinking that um, this is all they can uh, aspire to when there is help for them out there and the likes of like M says you, me, and Taff, and all our networks that we can, we should try and get the name, uh, the word out there, and maybe start planning for stuff I think like the that. reality, is, the reality is, look, when we're talking, you guys know more than anything else. I remember when I was at Fort Mangola doing working with the kids and the academies and whatnot. I, I, I built up a lot of links, and um, the the main thing that parents wants to see is is a pathway. Like, what is what's you know the reality is, if a parent's going to be spending money and a parent's going to be spending time. And giving their time as well as their children's time, they want something. They want to see a benefit. They want to see uh, a, a vision from you and also for their kid. So you yeah. need to have that place, and you need to say, right, this is the these are the networks we have, and be frank yeah. with the people that are coming to you. At the end of the day, if I'm a user, if I'm an end user, if I'm if I'm a parent, if I'm a if I'm a player, I want to know, you know, <laughs> what value have you got, not just as a coach, but where am I going to go from here? What can you? What doors can you open for me? And that's mm. the important thing. You have to, yeah. you have to, you have to just show. And, and like I say, it's the proof's in the pudding. At the end of the day, we can talk. Yeah. Everyone can talk all day. Yeah. But until you actually start doing and showing results, and that's not going to happen overnight. It might take anywhere from six months to a year before you start seeing anything, the fruits of your labor, if you like. That's what you guys need to start doing. And I think for me, it's really. Uh, if anything comes of, of, of any of this in the next year, I'd love to see something like an elite Asian football team, that that a, a team of coaches, management, coaching, whatever, and, and you guys working with a group of youngsters, even if it's just one age group, just to show that it can be done, even if it's mm. like under-14s or under-12s, just to show that there is uh, something tangible. You work with them for one year, and at the end of the year, even if you can say like four of these 20 kids have been moved on to bigger and better, uh, you know, to a pro club or to a good non-league club that is going to work on them. For me, that's results. That's something tangible. And you progress from there. But it has to start. It has to start. Talking has to stop and actions need to happen. Definitely. Definitely. I think we need to um, 
everyone has to get together and come up with a strategy and how we can get all these players in, in the same room at the same time. So whether it be uh, players from, like, we're trying to target players from all over the country, I guess. Um, but it's just trying to get them in the same room at the same time is going to probably be the most difficult bit. But then again, it has to be done, I think. Yeah, I think you, you, the main thing is you have to be real, realistic about it as well. Yeah. You know, if, every, if, every, if all the coaches are based in London, is it, yeah. is it feasible for you guys, away from your nine-to-five jobs or your other things, can you be giving time to go up north? So I think the reality for me is I, I, I'd want you to be realistic. If I'm a parent, really? going back to parent again, how much yeah. time can you give to my kids or how much time can you give to this group of child? If you're going to be, I don't want, I want your time. I want this. Your, I, I don't want this to be a, oh yeah, it's lit. It's like for me, if I'm the parent, I'm always looking at it from a parent's perspective. Mm-hmm. Anything I do is like, especially when it comes to coaching, it's, it's about parents. It's about the, 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 the kid that you're working with. I, don't, I wouldn't want my child to be going to, let's say, a so-called elite training academy. And then when I go there, I turn up. I signed, I signed up because of TAF, because of LITS, because of ABS. Not, not for a level two coach, yeah? That's the reality of it. 100%. You have to give, you know, for me, that's really, really important. You're the product. You're, you're what people are going to buy into, not some random level two coach from West Ham Foundation. No, 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 no. Exactly. So, like, we have to, that's our duty to fulfill, fulfill the role that we're, we're promising people and, and selling whatever. But otherwise, that, otherwise, you're no different to all these other so-called gatekeepers. Because that's, that's, what, that's what they've done over the years. Yeah, they promised of course. The world, delivered nothing. No. That exactly that that's exactly it. Just my thoughts, guys. But I think that's for me, I think I think you guys have to you there's there's a there's untapped talent in you guys and I think you guys well, also also going through like obviously the players but also something to do with coaches as well. Um yeah, definitely. because at the end of the day we won't be be able to be in the same venue um at the same time. So we need to upskill coaches and give them yep. the knowledge as well so they can obviously get the players to do good habits and so on. So I think that's a massive thing for us as well in terms of getting the coaches upskilled and, and helping them through it as well, mentoring and so on. For me, aspiring players or young players, think about the good habits. Come up with a few good habits and, and believe in your good habits. Um, also, be a student of the game. Uh, read about it, listen to podcasts from previous players, coaches, managers, uh, listen to interviews, uh, read about it, like I said, and watch games. Don't just watch your favourite team, watch other team, watch non-league. Uh, if you can go and uh, watch a live non-league game, watch it. Don't just always focus on where the ball is, focus on players that off the ball. What are they doing different to what you do and, and vice versa and so on. So I think that will be my uh, few uh, words. I think my um, advice for echoing um, Litz there is being a student of the game, whether you're a coach or player. Um, so an example I always give to my players is that you've got to put more hours on the training field that you will put on for a game. So, for example, I always use like an Olympic sprinter. So a sprinter will be training for four years for 10 seconds, for less than 10 seconds. Now, Matt, put in, like you've got to see how many hours they are put in for less than 10 seconds work, and some of them don't even make the final. And that just shows how much graft you've got to put in. And in terms of coaches, just got, I just say, 
go out and then just coach because I was one of those where I was always asking, oh, could I come and watch? Can I come in the shadow? But I found it more productive where I was actually going out and coaching myself and putting the miles on onto the grass because then not only be you putting the hours on, but you're sort of messing up because no one's a perfect coach. I've had loads of car crashes of um, sessions, but if I didn't have those car crashes of sessions, it wouldn't make me a better coach now because initially you've got to reflect on them on why it went, why it went so badly. So for me, I'd say is all the time, exactly. And don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid of who's watching you. As long as you believe in yourself and that you're and you believe that you're doing it for the best of other people, whatever, whatever your aspiration is, whatever you, why you're the reason why you're in coaching, just make sure you believe in it and don't let people try to, you know, hinder your, like your talent, your ability and try to brain or shoot, et cetera. So as self-belief, man, self-belief is a massive one for me. So, yeah. Well, again, I think from my perspective, uh, from a player's point of view, um, uh, as a manager of a club that's doing players in step five um, football, I think what I want to see from our players, from Asian footballers, is I think change of attitude for one has that just being able to maybe test yourself at a different level. Go away, get out of your comfort zone. Don't be afraid of change. Um, but application is all important. It's the be all and end all. It's not always about talent. I think um, you've got to have that desire and you've got to want to work more than your white or your black counterpart. That's the reality of it. Um, and earn, earn your stripes, if you like. Earn that right to play, in, even if it's sporting Bengal. Earn your right to be part of this club and, and, and have respect for those that are trying to, to better your club and also trying to better you as an individual. Um, and and more, the biggest word for me is trust. For me to trust you, I need some trust back in return and, and, and really just open up and, and be adaptable. For me, it's really, really important. Uh, and, and just be honest. Um, honest to yourself and let's not, let's not be deluded. Playing Sunday league football and coming to play on a Saturday are two different things. Um, so if you're going to ask for my opinion, be prepared for an honest opinion. Um, and that, that, that there will, would be my uh, final words, I think. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.